Amen. Amen. It is good to be here. And I want to say again, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We say in the church that I go to, and it's better one day in the Lord's house than a thousand elsewhere. Amen. Amen. Today is our celebration of um, Martin Luther King and, and, and some of the principles to which he stood for and he mentioned years ago and to which we look to live by today. We have uh, uh, a, a special speaker that we will introduce in a little while. But before we do that, there's, there's a clip that we want to show. And I just want to introduce it for you. Dr. King spoke to a middle school in Philadelphia in 67. I, I, I listened to the entire speech, and I can hear those kids, scream, those kids screaming. His topic was, your blueprint for life. And as I listened, I, I thought that there is some major applications to our times today. In today's context, where it is tolerated when persons from, the, from, persons from south of the border are demonized, or when it is suitable that religious targeting is good for this country, when media displays attempts of some in the criminal justice system to dehumanize citizens, Dr. King's words is a reminder to all. We should not only know it for ourselves, but for her. Yes, her, but for him. Yes, that one. For him, for all. Why do we play the clip? Suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodiness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth. And always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Yes, we matter. Elizabeth. Siwo Kondi is from Kenya. I realized this morning, and she reminded me this and, and subsequent, that we met some time ago. Her commitment to social justice is deeply influenced by the faithful and informed activism of her family. She's a preacher who is, passionate, who is a passionate advocate for the small voice. She founded a nonprofit organization to support orphans in Kenya. She also works to address violence against women and girls. Siwa Kundi has preached in numerous settings, served as pastor, taught at the university level, and is a PhD candidate. Her scholarship, sermons, and prayers are 
published in a variety of academic journals and books. Prior to her PhD studies, she earned a Master of Theology degree from Harvard Divinity School and was selected as the student commencement speaker. She was featured in the Harvard Gazette as one of the 12 best and brightest among Harvard's graduating class of nearly 7,000 students. Let's give a warm welcome, a warm ENC welcome, to Elizabeth Siwo Okundi. who is great and powerful, glorious, splendid, and majestic, to God who rules everything by God's own strength and power and is able to make anyone great and strong, to those who came before us making it possible for us to be here today, to the one I run to. Also to your president, President McGee, to... Mr. Robert Benjamin, the Associate Dean for Multicultural Affairs and Student Transitions, and the wonderful work that he is doing and his team and his people are doing to bring this celebration here together. So grateful for your continued commitment to ENC. Also to Reverend Montague Williams, my colleague who has extended this invitation to me. I am so grateful. And to his wife and their new baby. To Reverend Dr. David W. Restrick, who is a professor here and is the father of one of my colleagues. To J.D. Branke, assistant chaplain and of this community here. And also to Ms. Christine Saint-Pierre, the executive student body president. She has a few fans here, so to you, wherever you are. To the choir and the choir director, Mr. Dave Coleman, the choir did a phenomenal job this morning. And one of the students, Tiffany, was so kind to accompany me before I, I came up here, so I thank you as well for sort of standing by me and preparing me for this uh, time here at ENC, so thank you. May you join me in prayer. Dear God, I pray that we, your people, are open to receiving a word from you, however difficult or challenging it may be. And I pray that I, your preacher, that I speak not a word more nor a word less than that which you've given me to preach. Amen. My understanding is that you want to be leaders, that you are leaders, that there are issues in this community that you care deeply about. Am I correct? What kind of issues do you care about? Go ahead and share them out loud. What are they? Injustice? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you care about three issues? Anything else? The balcony, do you care about any issues? <laughs> so, so many different issues, including animal welfare, so thank you for sharing that. Well, not so long ago, there were some people who were also concerned about issues in their community. And they decided to get together and figure out how to address those issues. And they waited until the evening, until most people had finished their jobs and classes were finished, and they gathered in a room on the third floor of a building. 
Now, the highlight of the evening was that a famous leader was going to lead the discussion and share insight on how this community could make progress and afterwards enjoy a meal together. There's no meeting, a good meeting, without a meal. Amen. The number of people increased as all the local leaders, the politicians, the administrators, the CEOs, all the important folks and some ordinary folks as well, they all came together to meet this famous leader. Now, naturally, when the famous leader arrived, people rushed to get autographs, to shake hands and to secure a seat as close to the famous leader as possible. And the place was packed. But in a far-off corner, a young person around your age or so sat not on a chair, but in the windowsill. And this young person had somehow managed to make it into this room to experience what would be an historic meeting. Now, why was that young person there that evening? Perhaps this young person was like EMC students of today and yesterday, driven by personal passion for social justice, wanting to be part of a movement for radical change in the college and the world, or perhaps simply driven by free food. Few of us turn down free food. Others perhaps are just driven by extra credit. The professor tempts us with a few extra points, and so we take our notebooks, we sit in the back, and we take a few notes and then slip out as soon as the speech or the meeting is over. Others of us are driven by peer pressure because we don't want to seem ignorant in front of our friends, and so we pretend that we know everything, and we nod our heads at seemingly brilliant points. Others of us are simply driven by fame. We collect autographs because they're going to be worth something one day. And our photo or selfie alongside the famous person, bonus. Perhaps these are the kinds of reasons that compelled this young person to attend the meeting that evening. Now, the meeting was called to order. The famous leader made many remarkable points while people took notes. An hour or two went by. And the room became hot with the heat of all these bodies engaged in intense discussion. And the open windows did very, very little to circulate the air. Now, in the meantime, the young person sitting on the windowsill was trying to stay awake, but finding it rather difficult to do so. Some of us can relate to how this young person must have felt, for we too have sat in sessions and classes that have caused us to fall asleep. Not here at ENC, of course, but before we came. Falling asleep in class and other places. This meeting was now in its sixth hour, and it continued well into midnight, and the young person's head began to nod in an attempt to fight the sleep that was becoming so heavy upon the body. Young person was tired, maybe from all of the all-nighters, the partying, or even working several jobs just to make it in a tough economy. And finally, this young person began to sink off into a deep, deep sleep, and the meeting went on and on and on as issue after issue was discussed and debated and deconstructed, and all of a sudden the meeting was interrupted by a strange sound. The young person, overcome by sleep, had fallen from the windowsill one 
two, three stories and hit the ground. From a distance, from their lofty positions, people look down at the body and they declare that the young person was dead. The doctors, how many of you want to become doctors? Go ahead and raise your hands. Don't be ashamed. I'm going to tell you what the doctors did. The doctors, there you go, they began talking in their medical jargon regarding the dynamics of the human body. And they concluded that the young person died from a concussion, internal bleeding, and a list of other medical possibilities. And the lawyers, where are you lawyers? Oh yes, the lawyers are in the balcony. The lawyers begin murmuring amongst themselves about how the fall and death could be grounds for a lawsuit. Somebody was going to be sued. The law enforcement officials, they were investigating whether or not the young person was pushed from the window or simply fell. And the religious leaders, Reverend Montague, Reverend Restrick, I'm sorry to say that we religious leaders, we were fighting over who would deliver the eulogy for yet another young person. The politicians and administrators were thinking about ways to divert attention away from the situation for fear that they would be blamed somehow. The sociologists and anthropologists were using the situation to describe and analyze human behavior. Engineers were examining the building structures. The physicists and mathematicians, where are you? They were busy computing the dynamics of the fall through complex equations. Three stories, multiplied by the weight of the body divided by the speed of the fall squared equals death. And the neighbors were arguing about how best to share the tragic news. Ordinary citizens were standing awestruck and speechless. Reporters were beginning to set up how they could raise, earn a raise by presenting an award-winning report from the scene of the death. And actors and actresses, where are you? There, yes, of course, right in the middle where we can see you. Actors and actresses, they were trying to figure out who was going to play this young person in a big movie. So from every profession and position possible, people had something to say about what was going on and the conversations were going back and forth, back and forth. Meanwhile, the body of this young person remained untouched on the ground. So while the people were consumed with their medical, legal, scientific, religious, political aspects and conversations of the nature of the fall, while they were making judgments from a distance, the famous leader was not satisfied with the distant declaration of death. This famous leader went down from the third floor to the second floor, all the way down to the ground level where the body of this young person was still in its fallen position. And the famous leader didn't go down there to be part of the commotion or to hear all this mumbling about the death of yet another young person. Rather, the famous leader bent over the body, took the body and held it. Not concerned about taking a risk not concerned about getting dirty, not concerned about who was watching and filming and posting, not concerned about gaining followers, 
not concerned about people trying to be in the business at the moment. No, this leader bent down and held this young person and declared before all of the gossipers, all of the commentators, all of the haters, all of the passers-by, all of the observers, before you rush to build a coffin and plan the funeral, understand that there is life within this young person. But how could this be? How could this person still be alive? Perhaps the famous leader was close enough to witness the rising of a chest or the the flutter of an eye. In the midst of all the chaos in the community, this leader saw signs of life. Beloved, in order for us to understand what is going on, in order for us to be agents of change in our communities, we have to know what is going on. And that kind of knowledge does not come from a distant observation. It does not come from never-ending conversations back and forth. It has to come from a close and personal engagement for us to learn from and about people who are different from us. Instead of declaring that we're tired of talking about race again, we're tired of having to come to meetings again. How many times have we come close and personal to the issue at hand? To encounter persons of another race, gender, religion, ability, economic status, and other marginalized identity. We cannot simply continue to pass each other by in the dining halls, in the residence halls, and ignore each other on the academic quads, and then expect to go into the streets of this world and navigate and create change. Beloved of God, there is a danger when those around us and among us become invisible to us. The young person on the windowsill did not become invisible very quickly. This person became invisible to a room full of people. Look around, a room full of people people with resources, people with tremendous intelligence, people with power, and yes, people of faith. They were gathered for a good purpose, discussing issues in their community, but hour after hour, they did not even notice that one among them was in danger. One among them was teetering on the edge, about to fall, and if someone did notice, that one person did not do anything about it or expected someone else to do something about it. And by the time the group heard the strange sound, they were witnessing a body stretched across the ground after a three-story fall from a windowsill. But this young person wasn't pushed from the windowsill, no. Beloved of God, sometimes what causes us to fall is not that we are pushed, but rather because of indifference, neglect, lack of attention, invisibility, and relegation to the periphery. But the famous leader in this case understood very well the importance of engaging those on the periphery and those on the margins. And perhaps it's because this leader had once been on the periphery. Before this meeting had taken place, the famous leader was attacked and also thought to be dead. But a group of people surrounded the leader and made it possible for that leader to rise and continue with speeches and presentations. 
And perhaps that leader started singing aloud as the choir sang this morning, after all that I've been through. After all that I have been through and held that enough to go and help someone else who found themselves down in life. Beloved, this community meeting did not take place a year ago or five years ago or only 40 years ago. Rather, it took place around the year 57. What can I say? I'm a preacher. So in Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12 of the Bible, the famous leader, Paul, goes down, bends over the young person named Eftikios, a common name translated from Greek to mean fortunate, lucky, and says to the people, do not be alarmed, there is life in him. And before then, and since then, communities everywhere have gathered to discuss the troubles of their day. Communities including this one. And many have come to a situation where others see no hope. Others see no signs of life. But in every situation, the great leaders, not necessarily the famous ones, not necessarily the perfect ones, but the great leaders have been able to affirm life. They see possibilities and potential when other people see death and destruction. They are the one, despite their personal flaws and despite their challenges and despite their imperfections, they are the ones who are willing to get up close, to get personal when everyone else has decided that this situation is a dead one. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a man whose life we honor today, he was one of those leaders. He was one of those leaders, and he believed in life. He delivered over 400 speeches and sermons a year, and he was filled with the possibilities for people who are on the windowsills of life. King understood the danger of relegating people to the margins, and he declared, no individual or nation can be great if it does not have concern for the least of these. The poor in our countries have been shut out of our minds and driven from the mainstream of our societies because we have allowed them to become invisible. And yet King declared himself that we will be able to transform out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. This community, they took Eftikios. They did not leave him on the street. They did not scold him or talk about his pending medical bill or lack of insurance. No, they treated him and took him to a home, and he was no longer on the windowsill. With hope comes responsibility. It means we may have to do some sit-ins, some boycotting, nonviolence, legislation, apologies, Dialogue, voting, redistribution of land, access to education and health care and resources, and meaningful employment. And so I ask you this morning, who is on the margins of this community? Who is on the windowsill ready to fall while we as a community watch and talk? Who is there? And what are we willing to do about it? ENC, who is on the windowsill or the balcony or the floor waiting 
there is life. There is still life, and it is each of us. We are the ones who are able to get up close and to get personal before the person even falls. Amen. That was incredibly moving, uh, incredibly moving. Would you pray with me? God, we pause, recognizing that through the work of poetic, theatrical, and faithful articulation, of how you move in the world. God, we are moved to reflect on who we can be for you. God, we recognize that you came to this earth. You became human and got to know the situation. We thank you, God, for being a God that knows our situation and that in the midst of a world where we constantly see death, you are raising a church of life. God, we pray that you would move among us as a community, that this community would know what it means to be moved by the Holy Spirit in unity, in life, and in power to make change in the world. We pray this in your name and for the sake of your kingdom. Amen. Go in grace.